Welcome to Fish Talk Hunt Radio with John Hennigan, where we're going to cast and blast you right out of this world with some of the best hunting and fishing stories that you can't even imagine. This is John Hennigan, and you are listening to Fish Hunt Talk Radio. Go to fishhunttalkradio.com and listen to it as much as you like. I know sometimes not everybody gets the second hour, but you go to our website and you'll find it. And you get all this great information and don't have to worry about taking notes while you're enjoying the show. We have Frank Selby on the line, who is uh, in quarantine right now, but he's gonna, he sounds like he's still alive, but barely. Uh, thank you for reminding me. <laughs> yeah, okay. Well, uh, Frank, anyway, I know that you're not going to be able to make it through the whole thing, but we'll see if we can get you on and talk to Frank Burr at Snowby, uh, the new uh, company that's in the European company that's coming to the U.S. So that's coming up real quick. And we have, uh, we're working on a, um, a trip into September to Los Burrides, a.k.a. the East Cape. Uh, eight hundred and fifty bucks, and it is so much fun. It would hopefully we'll already have a good got trip. two. Oh, perfect. Well, we need about, <laughs> we need about twelve more, but I think we've got them. Anyway, no, no problem. Uh, I'd like to say that if anybody wants us to put a trip together, whether to Costa Rica, I'm thinking about doing a trip maybe to Cuba in the winter sometime, Frank. That sounds really good. Doesn't it? Yeah. And, of course, all our trips are tremendous bargains. I mean, if you get a paper out, you can afford to go with us. But uh, get in touch yeah, with, uh, you know, go to fishhunttalkradio.com. Send me an email. Get in touch. Listen to us. And uh, we got a whole ton of stuff building up in our treasure chest. We're going to have to start giving some stuff away, Frank. Yeah. But uh, anyway, hopefully you'll be able to... Uh, Come back with us after the break, and we'll see if we can see how long you last. We'll take a little bit of a break. I'll last. Hey, I'm got, a trooper. Well, we got somebody, Richard Bowling from Clinton, Missouri, and Adam from uh, Taquan Air in Alaska for float planes. That's kind of cool. Anyway, um, we're going to have to take a quick break, but don't go anywhere. And, uh, Frank, don't fall asleep on me. You are, oh. li- you are listening to Fish Hunt Talk Radio. Go to fishhunttalkradio.com. your feet are happy, you are happy. Soft Science Supreme Comfort Outdoor Footwear will give you happy feet. Durable, lightweight, and supportive, Soft Science Footwear is designed for boating, fishing, or everyday comfort and performance. With history of highest quality, you will be proud to own this revolutionary footwear. SoftScience.com has many types and styles you need to check out. Invest in quality footwear, and you will be happy for many years. Find out why at SoftScience.com. 
It's time for you to take a real fun adventure. Join a hosted fishing adventure to Alaska or Baja with the staff of Fish Talk Radio. Real Fun Adventures can book you on any adventure you desire. Bring your fishing friends or meet new ones. Fish Talk Radio gets the best deals from our sponsors to give you the best possible price. Real Fun Trips are inclusive, easy, no-worry packages to the most popular fish grounds. Trips start around $600. Go to reelfunadventures.com. Always buy quality, and you will not be disappointed. AO Coolers, the lightweight, soft-sided cooler, will not disappoint you. Easy to carry, less room on the deck, and more efficient. AO Coolers fit the product inside for more performance. Once you try one, you want more. You will be proud to own one. AO Coolers outperform bulky, hard-shell, and lesser soft-sided coolers. For types and how to find yours, go to aocoolers.com. Available at West Marine. The road stretches for miles in front of you, and with the Ram 1500, you'll be able to reach mile after open mile. It gets a best-in-class 25 miles per gallon highway, so your destination won't just be determined by your gas gauge, but by your gauge for achievement. And the Ram 1500 is the first-ever back-to-back motor trend truck of the year. Guts. Glory. Ram. See your local Ram dealer today for great deals. EPA estimated 25 MPG highway based on V6 4x2. Grocery Outlet Bargain Market! Bargain Market buys overstocks and closeouts. With bulk buying power, these savings are passed on to you. Unbelievable prices on current name brand products. Inventory changes, so stop in frequently. Many items 50 to 75% off. The local wine prices will amaze you. The organic food selection is huge. On Upper De La Vina, convenient and plenty of parking. Grocery Outlet Bargain Market! Fish Talk Hunt Radio with John Hennigan. This is John Hennigan, and you are listening to Fish Hunt Talk Radio. Go to fishhunttalkradio.com and listen to it as much as you like. I know sometimes not everybody gets the second hour, but you go to our website and you'll find it. And you get all this great information and don't have to worry about taking notes while you're enjoying the show. Frank Burr from Snowby on the line with this, and Frank is doing something kind of interesting. Is as we know, fishing in Europe is a little bit different than it is in the United States. 
You know, they don't have all the national parks and, and uh, all the resources that we do. But the people that fish in Europe are, let's just say, dedicated and um, a lot of fly fishing. And it just so happens there's a company called Snowbee. Frank, I don't know where you got that name, but <laughs> we're going to go with it. It's called Snowbee. <laughs> and uh, they have come to the United States from Europe and launching a, uh, a new company called Snowbee uh, that specializes in fly fishing. So whatever you want to know, whatever you want to know about fly fishing, um, you can get in for quality products. And right now, because they're trying to build a client base, you can get in uh, and get some great equipment at an incredible price. So with all that said, Frank Burr, welcome to Fish on Talk Radio. Thanks, John. Thanks for having me on again. And well, let's kind of take a, a just a, a minute or so to go back over your history as to what you guys are doing. Okay. Well, Snowbee uh, has been around in the UK for about 40 years now, actually, since 1978. And we manufacture a full line of fly fishing equipment. UK also carries uh, some conventional equipment as well. But here in the United States, we just opened the uh, U.S. division last June, so been around about 10 months now. And uh, what we carry in the United States is just strictly fly fishing uh, oriented equipment. Mm -hmm. And we have a full line, rods, reels, lines, lines of Especially have been uh, famous in the UK and uh, has started to catch on in the United States as people uh, use them more often. We also have a full line of waders and fishing accessories. And uh, matter of fact, we're even bringing over a float tube for me to try out that the UK oh. has had around for a couple of years. So oh, cool. that should be interesting. I look forward to using that up in some high Sierra lakes this year. Yeah. Um, and. Just a, just a thought, and uh, Frank Selby, maybe you can comment on this. I've been doing this show for, gosh, um, I don't know, since I was about 12 years old, which was... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that was yesterday. <laughs> yeah, so now we've been, I don't even know how long we've been on there. 12, 15 years, I think. But, uh, you know, you just... You know, my job is not to answer the questions, but to ask. But I can't help but learn a few things along the way. And I see trends. And one of those trends that seems to be not a fad, but a trend, and that's fly fishing. It appears, I mean, just from my observation, that it's becoming more and more popular. And I'd like both of you guys to comment on that. Well, I, fly fishing's been around since the Ming Dynasty. And it always goes up and down. This last five or six years, more saltwater flight of fishermen, conventional fishermen, are getting into fly fishing. And I think it's a more challenging sport, and people love that challenge. What do you think, Frank? Absolutely. It is more challenging, and I think actually you can catch a lot more fish on the fly than you can in any other method, because the flies that we're using are to, made to imitate the actual food that the uh, fish are eating. So if it swims in the water, pretty much you can catch it on the fly. Well, you know, I'm glad you said that, because from my experience also, I mean, if you want to go fishing, that's fine. I mean, it's just to be, a, be near the water and be in a beautiful place and throw the line out, but catching is even more fun. And from my experience, from what I've seen, um, an experienced uh, fly angler can outfish conventional one, you know, considerably. 
Absolutely. I stopped conventional fishing probably around 30 years ago because I just got so successful with fly fishing and caught so many more fish that I gave up uh, any other method. Yeah. And, of course, Frank mentioned the saltwater, which is becoming, you know, a a lot more popular. I know billfish fly fishing in Costa Rica, you know, has has been around for, for some time, and we're starting to see a lot more of that in Baja where people are actually dedicated to it, and it, uh, what can I say, it works. It might take a little longer to bring it in, but uh, but it, it certainly works. And I've seen, you know, people, you know, put lines in the water using conventional and people fly fishing. I'll tell you a quick story. We were, uh, we were up to, I guess it was Big Bear, we were fishing the, the upper end, I think the Santa Ana River, and beautiful little creek. Yeah, we were up there, and there's three of us, and there was uh, a place where there was a big rock, and a father and son were up there, and you know they were, you know they were serious. They were trying. They're dropping their lines in the water, dropping their bait in there, and being very patient. And they sat there for a half hour, forty five minutes, and didn't catch a fish. Well, one of our group, as soon as they left, walked up on the rock, threw a fly, first cast, wham. And so I go, wow, that really works. <laughs> but, it uh, does. Yeah. I had the same experience last year in High Sierra Lake that I uh, took a couple of people up to, like about three miles off the road and got up to this lake and uh, plenty of brook trout in the lake. And I saw several people conventional fishing and not having much luck. And we were fishing around them with the fly and almost every cast we were getting a fish. And people were coming up to us saying, what are you doing that you're catching? all these fish and we're not so we showed them we showed them the fly fishing equipment showed them how to taught them how to cast real quick and they started catching fish so they were very wow. excited so i think i think a lot more people as they find that it's uh, much more successful catching fish on the fly are going to switch to it well let me ask you a question i'm not sure if it's a fair one but if, if you know if you're uh, nymph fishing you just drop your line in the water and let it go and try and uh, pull it up when you get a nibble but you usually don't know when you did, but uh, what about using a spinning rod with a fly on the end? That will work, but I don't find it as effective. And the reason for that is when you're using spinning equipment, you have to have some weight to cast that fly out. So mm. most people use a clear bobber that's half filled with water to get that fly out uh, in a distance to where the fish are. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, when that bobber hits the water, it creates a pretty good splash and usually ends up scaring more fish than you end up attracting. Mm-hmm. With fly fishing equipment, however, you don't have that handicap. You've got a uh, lightweight fly line that you're throwing out there, and with the proper delicate cast, it's uh, it can be pretty hard to spook a fish, and that's why I think you're a lot much more successful in catching uh, over conventional equipment using a fly. Okay. Well, let me ask you a question. We've only got about a minute or so left, uh, but let's talk about fly line. Now, mm-hmm. when you're casting, it's actually the weight of the line that's carrying the fly out. It's not the fly. That's so, correct. But uh, give us a just kind of a, a 30-second uh, thumbnail sketch of fly line. What types and for what reason? 
several different types of fly lines available. The most widely used is probably a floating line, uh, that, which can be used, of course, for your dry fly fishing as well as nymph fishing, uh, and is probably the first line most people get, uh, probably a five-weight floating line. There's also double taper lines, weight-forward lines, which are weight, weighted differently. A weight-forward line has most of its weight in the first uh, 10 to 15 feet of the line to make it easier to cast out. The weight ha- helps carry it out further and faster than a double taper line, which is thicker on both ends of the actual fly line. Okay, well, uh, Frank, a- Frank, I'm sorry, but I guess I got started a little bit late. I thought I had another minute, but we don't. So oh, no I guess we're just going to have to bring you back on again. All right. Be happy okay. to. But uh, real quick, we got to go run right now, but uh, website is? is www.snowbee-usa.com. Snowbee-usa.com. Okay. okay, no, no, no. Snowbee. The East Cape of Baja, Mexico is world famous for sport fishing. Dorado, tuna, wahoo, marlin, sailfish, roosterfish, and parco. The Van Warmer Resorts make dreams come true at a price all can afford. Hotel Palmas de Cortez, Playa del Sol, and Hotel Punta Colorado have the biggest and best sport fishing fleet in all of Mexico. Call toll-free to 877-777-TUNA to find out how affordable world-class fishing can be. The finest resorts and the best boats in East Cape. Call 877-777-TUNA. Vagabundos del Mar. Boat and Travel Club has 42 years experience introducing RVers to the joys of Mexico. Specializing in Baja, Vagabundos leads caravans and sponsors fishing tournaments, trailer boat cruises, and weekend getaways in Mexico and the West. Vagabundos Del Mar also saves its 10,000 members tons of money on low-cost auto insurance. Stay up to date on Mexican travel with the printed newsletter online at vagabundos.com or call 800-474-BAJA. Mystery Tackle Box is the most fun and affordable way to discover new lures every month. Select your target species and select your subscription length. Get your box delivered. Catch more fish. It's that easy. Offering fresh and salt water, we've partnered with Fish Talk to get you a great deal. Use the promo code Fish Talk for $10 off your first subscription. Mystery Tackle Box is the original monthly lure subscription service. In fact, we've been told that it feels like Christmas once a month and you can get started for as little as 15 bucks a month. Go to mysterytacklebox.com today. That's mysterytacklebox.com and start getting your packages every month. This is John and I believe in Mystery Tackle Box. Go to mysterytacklebox.com, mention Fish Talk, get a special deal and get the packages coming every month. You will be looking forward to it.
Welcome back to Fish Talk Hunt Radio with John Hennigan. This is John Hennigan, and you are listening to Fish Hunt Talk Radio, or yeah, Fish Talk Hunt. Fish Hunt Talk Radio, that's what it is. Sometimes I forget. But anyway, we have Richard Bowling on the line. We got Frank standing by just in case. Uh, actually, he's probably laying down. But uh, anyway, um, now Richard is a fishing and hunting guide from Clinton, Missouri. Or Missouri, I guess. Missouri. Yeah. I'm sorry? Missouri. Missouri, that's what I saw. <laughs> But now that is probably, Missouri is probably one of the, you know, as far as uh, sportsmen per capita, it's got to be one of the rates near the top. Yes, it is. Uh, we have some great fishing in Missouri, especially bass fishing. Mm-hmm. Now, Richard, give us an idea. Well, first of all, I want to apologize for Richard. Uh, he's a fishing and hunting guide, and right now he's doing some guided fishing. He's actually on the water, so there might be some background noise and some wind. We appreciate you putting up with it, but uh, we'll do the best we can. So, Richard, tell us a little bit about yourself. I've uh, been hunting and fishing lake for about 25 years, and actually right now we're on the water and we're catching I uh, got a bucket full of big old crappie. Uh huh. Doing what you call spider rigging, and that's pretty I much all I, I don't all know I do. What, I don't, I'm not. I'm not familiar with spider rigging. Are you, Frank? Yeah. Well, of course you are. But uh, <laughs> real, real quickly, what is spider rigging? Spider rigging is where you put eight poles out the front of your boat. Got 16 hooks in the water right now, <laughs> and just push them off the front of the boat. It uh -huh. looks like a bunch of spider legs. What it looks like. Oh, okay, okay. Now, when you're fishing for crappie, uh, they normally take bait. You know, you can use like uh, uh, power bait or something like that, can't you? Or do you use worms, or what do you use? No, I use live bait. I use minnows 99% of the time. They'll eat a minnow all year long. Uh, they'll eat a jig, you know, a crappie jig, but it's hard to beat the live bait, the minnow rig. Yeah. Right now we're pushing double minnow rig. Well, now, do you take a, a net and catch them, or do you buy them at the bait store, or what? Uh, we buy all our bait at the bait store. Mm-hmm. The shiners. What's that? Are they, are they the little shiners or uh, the, uh, God, my mind went blank. The toughies now. These are all shiners today. I've been using toughies, but now they got shiners in from Arkansas, so that's what we're using today. Which yeah, uh, yeah. I like that flash in the water, so they work a little bit better. Yeah. Well, crappie is well. First of all, they they don't get huge, and they wouldn't call it. You know, it's not like catching a marlin or even a tuna or a dorado, uh, or even a big salmon. But they do fight. You know, for their weight, and they're very tasty. Uh, you yeah, know, they got they got a you know it's a white meat, but it's real firm. Uh, and if you weren't from Missouri, I'd say you'd make some tacos, but uh, I don't think you guys <laughs> eat tacos down there. But uh, you know, you just kind of fillet them out and just uh, maybe dip them in some sort of a some crumbs or cornmeal and corn, flour. Cornmeal and flour. There you go. And with then, salt and pepper in it. And then drop them in some. I, I like to use peanut oil because it's not greasy and it gets hot. And you just dip them in there and pull them out and let them set and have a fish sandwich or a fish fry. Yeah, it's hard to beat. I use what they call Andy's fish batter, and it's got a stick to it, so that's what I use. It just take the dried yeah. fillet, roll it in that, that powder, and then fry it, like you say. Yeah, yeah. 
But uh, and one of the one of the things I will mention is I said peanut oil. I said that on purpose. Um, I mean, you can use anything. You can use uh, you know bacon fat if you want to, but peanut oil has almost no taste. And the uh, flash point of the the heat that you can take it up to is almost 100 degrees higher than vegetable oil. And yeah, so you don't it burn of, it. Yeah, it comes out nice and clean, and and it's not greasy. And, you know, it's probably even better for you. But they're, they're a lot of fun. And that's one of the things I think a father-son kind of a trip is crappie fishing is perfect. Yeah, that's what I'm doing right now, father-son deal, and uh, just enjoying the day. Yeah, well, actually, we probably should throw some daughters in there, too, because there's some, some, oh, pretty, yeah. Yeah, there's some pretty good anglers out, lady anglers out there. And, you know, speaking of that... Uh, is we we mentioned that fly fishing earlier is becoming more popular, and the other thing that I can see a trend towards is a lot of more women are getting involved in hunting and fishing. I personally, you know, when I'm on these guide trips, I'd say once every two weeks I'll take two women out, whether it be spider rigging or casting the banks, dipping. It don't matter. They come out as a as a group, and I uh, take women, and they, you know, they're as good a fisherman as what a lot of the guys are. So yeah. they enjoy it, and I love to take them. They're, you know, they're easy to teach if they don't know what they're doing or just learning. So they well, enjoy taking yeah, them. Yeah, I've I've heard that women actually naturally um, have an advantage because um, you know a man, of course, he wants to overpower everything, <laughs> and, and uh, you know women. You know, if they don't know, they'll listen. You know, for just like a guy asking for instructions, he he's not going to listen to you. No, but, but, he's not going to read instructions or listen. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> well, the instructions. Same way. Yeah, I know. I said the only time I read the instructions when it didn't work the first time. <laughs> <laughs> Got to redo it. Correct. Yeah. Me too. Yeah, but uh, and also you're a hunting guide, so give us an idea what kind of game you got around there. Uh, we got a lot of game, but what I personally guide for is ducks and, on Truman Lake, and then I also guide for turkeys, which mm-hmm. I do that off of Truman Lake and then on some private ground also. So, a lot of birds right now. That's what that's the season that's open is uh, spring turkey. Oh, I was just going to uh, say that. Yeah, I was going to ask about that. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of fun. You know, we can out to one o'clock, get in the woods way before daylight, get them fired up on the roost, and try to get close to them and try to call them off a roost to you. Mm-hmm. Now, when you're calling him, is this something you made, or can you uh, demonstrate a turkey call for us? Uh, I could if I had one. I can't call him with my mouth. I use a mouth call, but I don't have one in my pocket. Yeah. Yeah, you can buy them over the counter, uh, Walmart, anywhere. Well, let's, let, let's hear you try and imitate it without without the... Uh, oh, uh, I can't, even, I can't come even come close. Okay, well... <laughs> it's just a yelp. Yeah. <laughs> But, uh, well, tell us a little bit about tur- turkey hunting. They normally, you know, uh, travel in, what, six or eight or something like that as a flock. They spend a lot of time underground walking around eating, um, and sometimes they'll be up in the trees. So give us some tips on, you know, how you hunt for turkey. Well, you're hunting for, here in Missouri, you know, in the spring season, all you can kill is a gobbler. That's the one with the visible beard. Um, they do what you call goblin, and what I do is I get in close to where I think they're roosted, and I'll hoot like a hoot owl with a call I've got or just about any kind of noise you can make, and it's called shock goblin. They'll gobble on the limb before they fly down. 
And once you've located where they're at, then you set up your decoys and you get all that. Oh, de- deco- decoys for turkey. Is it uh, obviously you don't put those in the water? So what what is a turkey decoy? It just kind of looks like it looks a turkey. just like a. It looks just like a turkey. It looks like a Jake turkey with a little beard on it. You're trying oh. to make the big mature bird, one with a nine, ten, eleven inch beard, uh, come to see what their the girl that he's after, and see a little Jake there, the immature bird. Yeah, come in to have the fight or whatever, and that's whenever you shoot him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you got to get fan. a job on you. You call him and and bring him in to you, and you got to get him within about forty yards of the shotgun, and that's your goal. And or even closer, and once you get them in range and you get their head sticking up, they come out of strut, then you, you let them have it. Yeah. yeah. You use the fan once in a while. Yeah, you know, down here there's so much, so many hunters, it's pretty popular. I don't do that, but I'm fixing to head to Nebraska, and when I get to Nebraska, I will do it up there because I'm going to be on a big piece of private, but that oh. fan does work, and it works effective. Uh, the, the, what did you say, the, the what, the sand? The fan, yeah, the oh, tail fan. feathers oh, of yeah, a bird. Yeah, one. right, 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 right. Okay. Yeah, when they're fanned out and strutting that that fan, oh, and, yeah. you know, they're showing their dominance. They've got it all fanned well, out. And, yeah, and, I, I would suspect up there there's probably a lot of pheasant too with all the corn and stuff, right? Uh, northern Missouri. I'm in kind of the mid Missouri, and we don't have too well, many pheasants. Well, you mentioned you mentioned Nebraska. Oh yeah, a lot of a lot of pheasants up there. I go. My daughter lives in northern Nebraska, and that's where we're headed to. But they got a lot of pheasants up there. Mm-hmm. Send me their backs, feathers. Oh, okay. Yeah, they're fun to hunt, good to eat too. But yeah, I'll just well, uh, key on the turkeys when I get there. Well, Richard, uh, you just mentioned something. What is the difference between eating a wild turkey and something and a uh, something out of the grocery store? Man, I tell you what, you get a wild turkey and you cut the breast out, get both sides of that breast, and you cut it, uh, you know, across the grain, not with it. And then the same thing, you roll that in the flour and the seasoned salt and mm-hmm. uh, salt and pepper, and you fry it like what you would a chicken strip. And uh, I, I fry them in buttered flavored Crisco. Yeah. Man, they eat nothing better eating than a wild turkey. <laughs> yeah. I 110% oh, yeah. agree with that. So the, is the meat more red than a, than a domestic turkey? Uh, when you fry that up and you cut into it, it's pretty light. It's pretty white. You know, it's it's not pink or nothing. It's... Uh, that looks like the white piece of a chicken breast. Yeah. Well, we know that the ones that you buy in a store are bred for have big breasts. So, right. So, um, yeah. you know, the, the wild ones, you know, they might be tastier. It's more concentrated, but they don't have the, you know, the, you know, the four, meat. four or five pound breasts. Mm-hmm. No, they, the breast on them is pretty good size. You can get usually two meals, you know, two or three people can get two meals out of, out of one turkey. So, yeah. you know, when you cut both sides out, I eat one side one night, and then I'll freeze the other and, and cook it another time. There you go. Okay, well, it looks like we're about out of time, Richard. Would you like to, if you are a guide, maybe you've got a website you can give us. Uh, do, well, i got a Facebook page. Go to that. It's Richard Bowling's Guide Service. Go in there and like that page, and you kind of follow what I do every day. I have a picture of these fish on there in a little while, and just go in there and like that and okay. kind of follow what I do. All right. That's Richard. It's B-O-W-L-I-N-G, Bowling. Um, yep. And I, I just go and look him up on Facebook and get in touch with him and go to Missouri and catch some crappie and some turkeys. Thank you, Richard. We appreciate all that information. You're listening to Fish Hunt Talk Radio.
If your feet are happy, you are happy. Soft Science Supreme Comfort Outdoor Footwear will give you happy feet. Durable, lightweight, and supportive. Soft Science Footwear is designed for boating, fishing, or everyday comfort and performance. With history of highest quality, you will be proud to own this revolutionary footwear. SoftScience.com has many types and styles you need to check out. Invest in quality footwear and you will be happy for many years. Find out why at SoftScience.com. It's time for you to take a real fun adventure. Join a hosted fishing adventure to Alaska or Baja with the staff of Fish Talk Radio. Real Fun Adventures can book you on any adventure you desire. Bring your fishing friends or meet new ones. Fish Talk Radio gets the best deals from our sponsors to give you the best possible price. Real Fun Trips are inclusive, easy, no-worry packages to the most popular fish grounds. Trips start around $600. Go to reelfunadventures.com. Mystery Tackle Box is the most fun and affordable way to discover new lures every month. Select your target species and select your subscription length. Get your box delivered. Catch more fish. It's that easy. Offering fresh and salt water, we've partnered with Fish Talk to get you a great deal. Use the promo code FISHTALK for $10 off your first subscription. Mystery Tackle Box is the original monthly lure subscription service. In fact, we've been told that it feels like Christmas once a month and you can get started for as little as 15 bucks a month. Go to mysterytacklebox.com today. That's mysterytacklebox.com and start getting your packages every month. This is John and I believe in Mystery Tackle Box. Go to mysterytacklebox.com, mention Fish Talk, get a special deal and get the packages coming every month. You will be looking forward to it. Alaskan RV Butler. Guiding, fishing, hiking, sightseeing, adventure. The Alaskan RV Butler. Like a cruise on wheels in the comfort of an RV, view the wonders of Alaskan interior, streams, ocean, and wildlife. Or fish for the big one, all while pampered by Mike, the Alaskan RV Butler. Mike's inclusive tours serve butter-drenched shellfish and mouth-watering steaks. Mike is your personal chef, chauffeur, guide, and planner. And for the real Alaska, contact MikeRVButler at gmail.com. That's MikeRVButler at gmail.com. Welcome back to Fish Talk Hunt Radio with John Hennigan. This is John Hennigan, and we have Frank. Frank, are you still there? Yeah, I'm here. <laughs> Barely, but we appreciate you hanging in. And no we, we, we have Frank Bowling from... Um, no, no, this is Adam. Oh, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Yeah. We, we have Adam from uh, yeah. uh, Taquan Air in Ketchikan. And I've been up there, I've been with you guys, and what an operation. But one of the things that I wanted to bring up is that if you've ever been on a float plane, you'll understand. If you've never been on a float plane, 
uh, you got to do it. I mean, you, you you take off and you can't even tell when you leave the water. And when right. you land, it, it takes all of the things that you love about boating and mm-hmm. all the things that I hope you love about flying, and it meshes them together. It's uh, it's kind of hard to describe without experiencing it for yourself. Yeah, when you come down and touch down on the water, you know, there's no hard runway. You don't get a bump, bump. It's just like, oh, are we on the water? <laughs> and, right. Uh, and it's just uh, the other thing is that in the float planes, um, you know, this is not like a jet airliner. So you can, you know, you can fly a hundred feet over the tops of trees, you know, and and watch, and you can see, you can see the eyeballs of the uh, of the goats and you know deer and stuff, and the moose down below you looking at you, and it's right. just it's something that there's no other way to experience it, and you're certainly not going to walk in there and do it, and you can actually get closer to those animals than you probably could if you were tracking them. Right. Well, in the way the way that I describe it to to most people is, it is the last known form of free aviation left on the planet. Um, you know, years ago I instructed guys in float planes. I still do. I, I'm still a seaplane instructor. But years ago when I did it full time, uh, it it was mind blowing to them to do something along the lines of, well, you know, we'll take off from this little bay here, and you know, we'll just fly at ten feet, and we'll go land over in that little bay over there about a quarter mile away. Yeah. And to be in a totally different direction, you can you can land while in a turn. Uh, you know, while the aircraft is still banked and land in a bank turn. Uh, and, and these guys are just completely mind-blown by the freedom that, that a float plane allows as opposed to wheels. Because when you're on wheels, you're flying more or less straight lines between two strips of concrete. Uh-huh. And here, it's, uh, yeah, you know, I would love if I had a, a straight line of anything to land on. You know, <laughs> the lakes, uh, there's different contours of the shoreline. You could yeah. be landing on a river. It could be the ocean. Yeah. You have swells. Well, you know, you it's, have not, tides. It's, not, it's not like you're at, uh, you know, you're not even at two or 3,000 feet. You know, you're just kind of, you know, so close to the right. ground and following the terrain. Right. And, well, and then the question is, I mean, why, uh, you know, why climb all that way when you just wind up having to go all the way back down to it eventually, <laughs> yeah. especially when you're flying on and off the ocean? I mean, why go yeah. up to 5,000 feet when uh, sea level is the same spot 50 miles away? Mm-hmm. And one of the things I want to touch on is uh, Taquan Air. Well, first of all, we'll talk about it maybe when we come back from the break about what all you guys do. But one of the things you do, which is ex- very, very exciting, is you can take someone. We talked about the remote lakes. You can right. take someone out and uh, for a day trip. You land on the water. You fly fish for four hours or whatever it is, and then you fly back. Or... They have fly-in trips, and is it the uh, the federal government has these little cabin things that you can rent? And That's right, the Forest Service. Forest uh, they're service, yeah. built and maintained by the Forest Service, and yeah, you can rent them for several days. And yeah. I I describe it as camping without a tent. Um, yeah, the little you know, cabins. They're very yeah. basic amenities on the inside. You get four bunks. There's a, either a wood stove or a gas stove, depending on which cabin you rented. And outside of that, you bring all your own provisions, your own bedding, uh, any other supplies you decide you need, and we drop you off and you camp out for a few days, and then we come get you whenever you yeah. decide you want to come back. Yeah, well, hopefully. I don't know if there's any self-service up there, but come and get There me. is, and a yeah. lot of people will bring a, a satellite phone along with them for that yeah. reason, because uh, mm-hmm. there is no self-service. Yeah, I would imagine. I would imagine. But, but usually they... Usually they say five days, four days, or seven days, correct? 
Right. It's when they normally seven days is quite a stretch out there. Most day, most people that go out there, it's like three days, sometimes four or five, but three days seems to be the average. Mm-hmm. Well, if you're just sitting on this remote lake, and now as far as getting on the lake itself, do they, uh, you know, do you take a boat? Do they have something available out there? How does that work? So depending on the cabin, uh, it's the other beautiful thing about these places. Uh, if the cabin is located on a lake, uh, the Forest Service also provides a skiff for use. Now, they don't provide a motor, but they do provide a pair of paddles. So if you don't want to wear your arms out while you're there, you get set up with one of the outfitters in town here. They'll get you set up with a motor and some fuel. Uh, that goes into the airplane right along with the rest of your gear. Oh, and okay. then when you get out there, you set it all up. So and you, just got got a a, you just got a lightweight, maybe five horse or something? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, if you're on the ocean, uh, you know, because some of these cabins are built uh, next to the ocean. Oh, wow. They're assuming that you took your own boat to get there. Yeah. So you should have one at your disposal. Yeah. But if not... Uh, you know, it's it is possible to bring an inflatable this, with this, you. Well, or this something this like that. wilderness fishing is fascinating because when you, you know, there's you go, you know, in most of the United States, there's some great fishing spots, uh, but when you get there, there's you know the Winnebagos and you know the kids and all that kind of stuff. Right. But when you go out to these remote lakes, frequently you are the only person or people on that lake. Absolutely. Absolutely. If if somebody else is, uh, and, and you you had touched on it earlier when uh, uh, they went into whatever lake it was and there was somebody else there, and, okay, well, we're just going to go to the next one over. Yeah. And, and that's absolutely an option. And, you know, the next lake may be four miles further over uh, in an, an entirely different valley. Mm-hmm. And uh, even though you're really close to this other group of people that you just saw, uh, you wouldn't think it because you're, you're a mountain away. Yeah. Well, I wouldn't call that close, but... Uh, yeah, well, you, you know, it's, and it, it, looking at it on a map, you know, this is just me, because uh, uh, airplanes are, are the one machine that shrinks the state of Alaska. I mean, it, it's enormous up here. Oh, yeah. And, you know, you're looking at it, looking at it from a map, four miles is, is yeah. literally up and down. It's right, right. next door. But, well, you know, I've, when you're on the I've, beaches... I, I think I've heard that if you were to take... Um, the state of California, which is like nine hundred miles long, that's right, uh, and and the state of Texas, which is huge, uh-huh. and the state of Montana, and combine the three of those into one state, they would fit inside Alaska. It would be the second You've largest state. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> another fun one to say is you know everybody in Texas is all proud of the side of the size of Texas. You know they always yeah. bring that to people's attention, and and uh, my joke for them is well, you know what happens. To Texas, if you were to divide Alaska exactly in half, makes it the third largest state. Texas would be the third largest, yeah. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, so it's, it's more than twice the land area of Texas. Now, to yeah. be fair, the, the flip side of that is there's very few people here. It's about 750,000 people yeah. for the entire state. Yeah. No, that's, that's incredible. Absolutely yeah. incredible. A lot of open space, though, and, and that's yeah. the beauty of it. You know, you can, well, uh, you can it, literally travel a couple miles out of town and be completely by yourself. Well, the, uh, Tech One Airlines, and we want to kind of talk about something else in a minute, but um, these little remote Indians of the indigenous and, you know, little towns or villages with, you know, 50 or 100 people, they are cut off from civilization completely. So to get mail or buy something from Amazon, um, how do they do that? 
Well, that's where we come in uh, more often than not. Uh, you know, they do have a connection to the outside world, and a lot of them, the ones that we service anyway, are they have phone lines, you know, they have they have internet, they have satellite, that kind of thing. But at the same time, the only way they're going to get their groceries is through us, unless they want to wait days and days and days for a boat to take it out to them. Uh, so they either wait days or they wait a couple hours for their grocery run to uh, be flown out to them. So what they'll do, they'll call in to the local grocery store, uh, put in their order, and a lot of them will order for the next month. You know, they just oh, order yeah. in bulk. Yeah. And they box it up, goes into the back of the airplane, along with their mail, their newspaper, their anything else that's going to that town for the day. Yeah. And uh, we take it to them. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's it's just like it used to be, um, and you know that's fat. And you've certainly provided service for these people because otherwise, oh, absolutely. I mean, otherwise, you know, UPS isn't going to drive a truck up there. Absolutely. Well, and they can't. They uh, unless they have a submarine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's you know most of, just like anything else. Uh, you know, California. What is it? Something like eighty percent of the population is within ten miles of the coast. And yeah. Alaska is pretty similar to that, isn't that right? It's uh, uh, more you know, or less. As, as far, I mean, you do you do have a lot of towns, uh, little towns on the interior, but the majority of the population is close to the coast. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I know. You know, people say they're from Alaska, and I said, "Oh, you're from Anchorage," and they go, "How did you know?" Says, well, there's only seven hundred and fifty thousand, and Anchorage has about three or four hundred thousand. So right. odds are pretty it's good. Fifty fifty percent chance you'd be right. Yeah, yeah. But uh, and you know, of course, Ketchikan is the first stop on the Inland Passage, and we're just saying Jenny's sitting here listening because uh, uh, she's sponsoring a trip uh, cruise, Inland Passage cruise, and you know, I I have mixed feelings about it. Uh, I think if you're going to go to Alaska, you should get off the boat and enjoy what Alaska has in the wildlife. And you, you oh, I totally agree. You can't really do that by, you know, by looking at the shore a quarter mile away. But I totally agree. But if you've never been to Alaska, you know, take a cruise first and then decide where you want to go. Right. And I, I actually emphasize that, too, because we get a lot of cruise ships yeah. uh, in and out of Ketchikan every oh, yeah. single day of the summer. And I, I applaud people that, that yeah. decide to do things like go on an airplane ride right. or go for a there hike or anything like that, because otherwise you're Adam, wandering around downtown. And Adam, Adam, we're going to have to go to a quick break. If you don't mind, we're going to kind of continue for a few minutes when we come back. Uh, but you are listening to Fish Hunt Talk Radio. You can go to the website right on the front page. You can uh, turn it on and listen to this and other shows. And we're going to be back with you just momentarily. Thank you, Adam. your feet are happy, you are happy. Soft Science Supreme Comfort Outdoor Footwear will give you happy feet. Durable, lightweight, and supportive, Soft Science Footwear is designed for boating, fishing, or everyday comfort and performance. With history of highest quality, you will be proud to own this revolutionary footwear. SoftScience.com has many types and styles you need to check out. Invest in quality footwear, and you will be happy for many years. Find out why at SoftScience.com. 
used by fishermen who know where to get the best fishing gear around, AFTCO makes the highest quality fishing rod components worldwide. If it says AFTCO, you know you have a quality rod. Guy Harvey Clothing, the best outdoor clothing line anywhere, is also available through AFTCO. Longest lasting, functional, and best looking clothing you'll be proud to wear. Only the very best materials and workmanship. As soon as you put it on, you'll know the difference. Look for AFTCO at quality retailers or go to AFTCO.com. Great news. You can now watch Grizz's shows wherever you are, whenever you want, on all your mobile devices. Download the Grizz Channel app today. Enjoy an adventure during that boring wait at the doctor's office. Or while you're sitting at the airport waiting for your next flight. Just go to your phone, tablet, or even Kindle app store or iTunes and download it today. And when you get home, you can watch The Grizz on your big screen on Roku. Catch The Grizz next adventure today. John Hennigan. Welcome back to Fish Hunt Talk Radio. And uh, during the break, we've been talking a little bit to Adam about if you're going to be taking a cruise to Alaska, um, most of them all are the Inland Passage. The first stop on the Inland Passage is Ketchikan. And Ketchikan is a, has a lot of history. We were talking about, I don't know what the name of that street is, but... Uh, there Creek is, Street. Creek Street, that's right, that's right. And it's it's built over a creek. The buildings run pilings. But, uh, you, know, it, uh, you know, they have three or four of these places that are now historical uh, tourist attractions, uh-huh. but they used to be houses of pleasure. And, you know, of course, the... Uh, um, you know, you know, and it's up until about you know fifty, sixty years ago they were still operating, but yep. uh, uh, you know these miners and stuff are up there, and there's there's no women, <laughs> so all the know. all the loggers and fishermen. That was the the yeah. primary. Um, primary industry in this area for a yeah. long, long time was yeah. uh, logging and, and fishing. Yeah, they're looking for relief, maybe a hot bath and a cocktail. A little, little bit yeah. of relief, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, well there's uh, even a sign on the side of one of them. The, uh, so I mentioned Dolly's House when we were talking earlier. Uh, there's a sign on the side that says, uh, where fish and men swam upstream to spawn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. yeah. Well, the difference is, is that uh, they don't die 
die when they spawn. They can kick them back again. But, yeah. uh, but uh, anyway, it's it, it, if you're going to be going on a cruise, we've been talking to Adam, who's one of the pilots for, I guess the prime pilot for uh, uh, Taquan Air that has a, gosh, there's so much we wanted to cover. You mentioned um, about what you do besides taking people tourist fishing. One of the things I wanted to mention is that I think it's probably been from the early to mid-50s is the last time anybody actually manufactured a float plane. Now, you can buy new planes that they outfit with pontoons, but an actual float plane hasn't been made in 60 years or so, something like that. Is that about right, Adam? That's about right, right. The, uh, so the aircraft that we operate here, we have two two types, and they're both from the same company, the Haviland, mm-hmm. Canada. Uh, yeah, they they liquidated everything back in 1967, or the late 60s, anyway. Uh, yeah, so the they were built from the ground up to be float planes, uh, you know, and then there's modern-day planes. You already said it, modern-day planes, you can get them... Uh, converted to a float plane, but the Beaver and the de Havilland Otter uh, mm-hmm. were both built from the ground up to be on floats. Well, you know what and, I'm uh, what I'm thinking is that you know I'm not going to scare anybody, but it's pretty dangerous flying up there, and it seems like every year they lose a couple of planes. Well, it's it's only as dangerous as the pilot makes it for himself. Yeah. I mean, you know, nobody yeah. ever holds you at gunpoint and says fly. Yeah, well, um, you don't. So. Yeah, you just you want to you don't fly if the conditions aren't right. That's right, and and we emphasize that uh, especially here at Taquan Air uh, because we don't we don't want to lose passengers. Yeah. We don't want to. Well, lose my, my my point was there can't be that many of those planes left. No, there's uh, quite a few. well, there, there's still quite a few of them though. And so the Beaver, anyway, and originally 1,635 of them were constructed between 1947 and 1967, and even today there's still over a thousand flying, generating wow. revenue. Yeah. John, yes, sir. True story. Guy crashes a beaver on the river. Yes. And guess how he flew it out with duct tape. (laughs) (laughs) And that's not a lie. That's true. You can look it up. Well, they are interesting. But, uh, well, yeah, as long as you maintain it and and you put new motors on it and this and that, it's, you know, they're they're perfect. They're noisy, but they sure are fun. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Another little fun fact is uh, as far as um, new engines go. Adam, I'm sorry, but we've got to go. So give us your your website. All right. uh, It's it's real easy. It's taquanair.com. And spell that? T-A-Q-U-A-N. Oh, I got it right. Taquanair.com? Yep. Oh, that's easy. And if you're going to be going to Ketchikan or Alaska on a cruise ship or just visiting, make sure you get in touch with Adam. We appreciate that very much. You are listening to Fish on Talk Radio. Talk Hunt Radio with John Hennigan, where we're going to cast and blast you right out of this world with some of the best hunting and fishing stories that you can't even imagine. This is John Hennigan, and we have Frank Selby on his... uh uh, tr- trying bed. to on his, on his, hopefully not his deathbed, but he does doesn't sound like he's going to last long. But, yeah. uh, he's, he's in quarantine right now. But uh, Frank, I appreciate yeah. appreciate you making the effort. Yeah. 
Well, we have already started on September, haven't we? Oh, yeah. We've got, was it the 24th or something like that? Yeah. September until October 1st, I think. But 800, yeah. 850 bucks. Uh, it's the Palmas de Cortez in Los Barriles, also known as East Cape. Just, uh, it's about an hour north of the Los Cabos Airport. And that is just such a beautiful, beautiful place and a fun trip. It'll be, uh, uh, be there four nights, and it's be, it includes two days cruiser fishing and a, another day that if you want to go back out in the water, you can. Or you get an ATV and uh, cruise the beach, or you can just hang out in town and enjoy. But or fish uh, along the beach. Yeah. Yeah, you can just walk and do some surf fishing. I know that uh, uh, Jason, last time we were up there, he and um, his friend, they got an ATV, and they went fly fishing up and down the coast. They had a tremendous time. The only problem is, is that one of the ATVs broke down. <laughs> That's about as far up as you can go. So they had to come back and send them out to pick it up. But yeah. uh, And actually, we're thinking how how this goes. We might start putting together maybe a trip to Cuba. Everybody keeps asking and talking about that. And we have some contacts. We might be able to put a trip together, fishing trip to Cuba, and maybe go see, uh, hang out at the Hemingway Bar and have a couple of Cuba Libras or whatever it is they do down there. Yeah, rum and coke. <laughs> rum, yeah. That's good with, rum. With, well, the Cuba Libre is rum and coke with lime. Yeah. But uh, anyway, we're going to uh, get going. we got a quick break, and we're going to come back with Paul Reese, and we're going to talk about peacock fishing in the Amazon. Can you believe that? We'll yeah, right, we'll, that's the bucket list. There you go. We'll be right back with you. If your feet are happy, you are happy. Soft Science Supreme Comfort Outdoor Footwear will give you happy feet. Durable, lightweight, and supportive. Soft Science Footwear is designed for boating, fishing, or everyday comfort and performance. With history of highest quality, you will be proud to own this revolutionary footwear. SoftScience.com has many types and styles you need to check out. Invest in quality footwear, and you will be happy for many years. Find out why at SoftScience.com. It's time for you to take a real fun adventure. Join a hosted fishing adventure to Alaska or Baja with the staff of Fish Talk Radio. Real Fun Adventures can book you on any adventure you desire. Bring your fishing friends or meet new ones. Fish Talk Radio gets the best deals from our sponsors to give you the best possible price. Real Fun Trips are inclusive, easy, no-worry packages to the most popular fish grounds. Trips start around $600. Go to reelfunadventures.com. If you are still using a plastic hard shell cooler, things have changed for the better. AO coolers are lighter with twice the efficiency of the traditional bulky coolers. AO coolers are the best available soft-sided cooler with three-quarter inch high-density closed-cell foam insulation. They will keep ice frozen for 24 hours in hot weather. Easy to carry, less space, it fits product inside for better performance. Go to aocoolers.com to order or find a retailer available at West Marine. The road stretches for miles in front of you, and with the Ram 1500, you'll be able to reach mile after open mile. 
It gets a best-in-class 25 miles per gallon highway, so your destination won't just be determined by your gas gauge, but by your gauge for achievement. And the Ram 1500 is the first-ever back-to-back Motor Trend Truck of the Year. Guts. Glory. Ram. See your local Ram dealer today for great deals. EPA estimated 25 MPG highway based on V6 4x2. Alaskan RV Butler. Guiding, fishing, hiking, sightseeing, adventure. The Alaskan RV Butler. Like a cruise on wheels in the comfort of an RV. View the wonders of Alaskan interior, streams, ocean, and wildlife. Or fish for the big one. All while pampered by Mike, the Alaskan RV Butler. Mike's inclusive tours serve butter-drenched shellfish and mouth-watering steaks. Mike is your personal chef, chauffeur, guide, and planner. And for the real Alaska, contact MikeRVButler at gmail.com. That's MikeRVButler at gmail.com. Welcome back to Fish Talk Hunt Radio with John Hennigan. This is John Hennigan, and this is so exciting. We have Frank Selby, who's hanging in there. Frank, thank you very much. Yeah. He's, he's uh, got a, a terrible bug, but, you know, it's... Uh, you know, you got to do what you got to do, Frank, and we appreciate you helping out today. And yeah, we no have, problem. And we have with us, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about peacock bass. Now, peacock bass has is, is become very, very popular. They're fun. They fight hard. And I understand they, you know, you can catch them in Florida. Um, I've got some in the uh, Lake Gatun in Panama. But the real deal is the Amazon. And we have Paul Reese. Uh, it's like Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. Is that right, Paul? Close. Spelled uh, a little differently, but uh, close that way. Yeah. Anyway, he's got a cute fly angling, and we'll get his website before we turn him loose. But, Paul, why don't you give us an idea? We just started talking about how much time you spend down there. So give us an idea of what it is that you do um, um, in the, fishing the Amazon and peacock bass. Well, it's a remote location, so there are certain complexities that we have to address in order to make these trips work. And what we've learned over 23 years of doing this is it's really our responsibility to make it work that way. So I spend about four and a half months in the Amazon, uh, a lot of it preparing for trips, a lot of it operating trips, and a lot of it looking for places, new places to take our anglers. But the bottom line on it is that it's it's sort of a our goal to make it a turnkey package so that the angler who chooses to do something this remote and this different has it all sort of spelled out for him. Well, I would suspect there's a lot of people out there that's at the top of their bucket list, but obviously to fly down there and have all this personal care in the remote areas is not cheap. But I think I think you'll find it's surprisingly reasonable. reasonable. Mm-hmm. Our our trips range in price from about forty five hundred to fifty seven hundred and fifty. Oh, actually, I'm surprised. Uh, 
Yeah, it's probably less than a week in Disney World. Mm-hmm. And if you're yeah. a fisherman, it might be a little more attractive. Yeah, <laughs> yeah a lot more. <laughs> well, oh, one, one question I really wanted to get across to everybody. You you have the, the big boat that you stay on, and then there's a little lodge still, or is that still in the makings or gone? No, no. We have three completely different operations. We learned a long time ago that one size doesn't fit all. So we tried to find a way to be able to provide a trip that meets different anglers' expectations. Some folks want constant action. Some folks... All they care about is trophy hunting, and some p- folks want to experience the Amazon's variety, the river monsters, if you would. Mm-hmm. So we have three operations, a floating bungalow camp, which is designed to bring anglers into very remote headwaters regions, which are normally unreachable by other mechanisms. We have the mothership operation, whose focus is on constant productivity. It moves very quickly. It's always able to stay in optimal conditions, and it's a great opportunity for folks who uh, want to experience this and have a great high success rate. Mm-hmm. Finally, we have a lodge in the mountains where it's not about uh, pursuing peacock bass trophies or constant volume. This is all about variety. Here we have pyara, wolffish, uh a fast mm-hmm. water species of peacock bass and an amazing range of giant catfish up to 350 pounds. Oh, wow. Wow. Uh, quick question for you. We don't want to dwell on it. But you've been doing this, what, for 23 years, you said? Yeah. And how has the Amazon changed since you've been doing this, the area? Well, it, it has changed, oddly enough, mostly for the better. Yeah, it's, it's less unknown than it was. And, yeah, there's more people who have realized that the peacock bass is the ultimate freshwater fish to pursue. So there are more people fishing in the Amazon. But what has happened that has actually made our catch rates better is that the Brazilian government, particularly local governments, have learned that a fish swimming in the water is generally worth 100 times what a fish sitting on ice in the market is. So now the regions that are known for peacock bass are protected. So anglers will not be fishing next to a uh, commercial boat that's got nets spread out, Mm -hmm. but they will in fact be fishing in an area where no commercial fishing is allowed, where there are huge areas of protected waters, and as a result, we're actually fishing better than we did 15, 20 years ago. Hmm. Hmm. Well, uh, go ahead. One question. My uh, There's very few places, and I know you do it, so that's why I'm going to ask you. You do the couples, dad and wife couples. You have a special trip for that still, do you or do you not? Well, what we try to do is we try to help people find a group that they fit well with. Uh, sometimes uh, groups sort of book themselves as a contiguous group, and they all know they're going to get along just fine. But sometimes folks are just, you know, a couple, husband and wife, or or, or a certain type of group, or perhaps they're fly fishermen, or perhaps they're uh, younger folks, or whatever. We try to organize our groups in a way that the ambiance is appropriate. So if we have a uh, uh, 
couples or even a family, we don't want to mix them with a bunch of hard-drinking good old boys. And by the same token, if we have a bunch of fellows who want to party and have a good time, we don't want to put them in an environment where there's a bunch of young kids. So we really try hard to organize our trips so that the folks on the trips are with sort of like-minded people. It makes for a better trip all around. Well, uh, Paul, my impression is you know, the peacock bass fishing, although incredible as it is, um, it, it's it's not the, just the reason to go there. The Amazon has got to be one of the most incre- impressive, you know, biological diversity. The, the forest and the, you know, the river is so huge. It, there's always, you know, little places you can go and you won't see anybody. But it's just a, just a beautiful, beautiful place. And I would suspect a lot of people want to go for that reason. Yes, that's a very astute observation. And one of the things that is hard to get across to fishermen in particular who are looking at that expanse of water in front of them and rarely look up or look around them, but this is the world's last remaining wilderness, true wilderness. Mm -hmm. It is the largest contiguous wilderness on the planet, and it is spectacular. Some of our trips are in mountainous regions where we've got amazing fast water rivers, waterfalls, and rapids. Some of our trips are in placid lowlands regions with beautiful, quiet lagoons. Uh, It is, to me, uh, not just a fishing trip, but a wilderness adventure and an opportunity for people to take in, uh, in in one breath, the most spectacular remaining geography mm-hmm. on the planet. Well, you know, you mentioned the prices, which kind of surprised me because people spend fifteen, twenty thousand dollars on a trophy hunt for a goat, um, and it's. Uh, um, you know, most you know to get a, res- a to, you know to stay in a nice resort in Alaska, you can spend that much. I mean, you figure. Yeah, I you, think you typically think spend more. Yeah, you're looking. All of usually, our facilities, yeah. all of our facilities are quite luxurious. They're air conditioned, private bathrooms in each of our cabins, mm-hmm. hot showers. You are not roughing it on these trips. Okay, well, we're going to have to go. But where do you fly into? Oh, well, no, most important, before we get past you, was Paul Reese. How do they get in touch with you? You're at Acute Angling. Do you have a website? Our website is acuteangling.com. You can reach us toll-free at uh, forget 866. The, yeah, forget the number. Uh, we'll put that on the web. We'll put that on the web. Sure. Acuteangling.com. And, the, I mean, this is really an adventure of a lifetime. If there's a trip that you can only go on once in your life, this has got to be it. And, you know, I don't, uh, you know, there's a lot, so many questions, but so little time. We have to see if we can get you on again and find out how you get there, how you get back, and some of the particulars. So, Paul, if you don't mind, we're going to put you back on in a couple of weeks. We appreciate you hanging sure. in there for us. You are listening to Fish Hunt Talk Radio. Go to fishhunttalkradio.com and listen to Paul again and again. Yeah, back to work on East 
Cape of Baja, Mexico is world famous for sport fishing. Dorado, tuna, wahoo, marlin, sailfish, roosterfish, and parco. The Van Wormer Resorts make dreams come true at a price all can afford. Hotel Palmas de Cortez, Playa del Sol, and Hotel Punta Colorado have the biggest and best sport fishing fleet in all of Mexico. Call toll-free to 877-777-TUNA to find out how affordable world-class fishing can be. The finest resorts and the best boats in East Cape. Call 877-777-TUNA. Vagabundos Del Mar Boat and Travel Club has 42 years experience introducing RVers to the joys of Mexico. Specializing in Baja, Vagabundos leads caravans and sponsors fishing tournaments, trailer boat cruises, and weekend getaways in Mexico and the West. Vagabundos Del Mar also saves its 10,000 members tons of money on low-cost auto insurance. Stay up to date on Mexican travel with the printed newsletter online at vagabundos.com or call 800-474-BAJA. Mystery Tackle Box is the most fun and affordable way to discover new lures every month. Select your target species and select your subscription length. Get your box delivered. Catch more fish. It's that easy. Offering fresh and salt water, we've partnered with Fish Talk to get you a great deal. Use the promo code FISHTALK for $10 off your first subscription. Mystery Tackle Box is the original monthly lure subscription service. In fact, we've been told that it feels like Christmas once a month. And you can get started for as little as 15 bucks a month. Go to mysterytacklebox.com today. That's mysterytacklebox.com and start getting your packages every month. This is John, and I believe in Mystery Tackle Box. Go to mysterytacklebox.com, mention Fish Talk, get a special deal, and get the packages coming every month. You will be looking forward to it. Grocery Outlet Bargain Market! Bargain Market buys overstocks and closeouts. With bulk buying power, these savings are passed on to you. Unbelievable prices on current name brand products. Inventory changes, so stop in frequently. Many items 50 to 75% off. The local wine prices will amaze you. The organic food selection is huge. On Upper De La Vina, convenient and plenty of parking. Grocery Outlet Bargain Market! About a city boy that came to Wisconsin, up from Illinois, so he can enter. The big fish contest, it's a thousand bucks cash for the biggest and the best, but I told him. Guy, you're making a mistake. You don't stand a chance get your fish on the slate, cause hey, you could pray you want to wish. But let me tell you something, guy, you can't fish. I told you there, guy. Can't catch fish. What do you think you're doing? Can't catch fish. For tribe's sake. You can't catch fish. Go back to Illinois, hey. Can't catch fish. Welcome back to Fish Talk Hunt Radio with John Hennigan. This is John Hennigan, and I don't know, Frank, are you still there? Are you I'm here. I'm uh, hanging in. All right. Well, you're there in spirit anyway. Your, body, your body's, he's in quarantine right now, as a matter of fact, so he's not in the studio. But uh, we appreciate you hanging in there. And we have brought Terrell back on. I just realized you were just on a couple of weeks ago, weren't you, Terrell? 
Oh, yeah. And, uh, you know, but when I put the schedules together, I don't pay attention. I just thought it would be interesting. Now, Terrell has a company called the High Seas Trading Company. Um, I'm not sure where the name came from, but he uh, specializes in outerwear. And I suspect the type of clothes that you make would work out well in the Amazon. Well, definitely, because we can sell uh, a lot of cotton, and that breathes super well. And then we also have headwear. And um, we have cool fishing themes, uh, you know, the big game fishing, saltwater fish. Um, you know, it's it's more resort wear uh, than anything. That would be after you're fishing. Uh, but we also have uh, light um, jackets, too, if it's um, that are water uh, waterproof and windproof in case there's, uh, you know, foul weather as well as fleece. Mm -hmm. Well, you know what? It just dawned on me that I haven't sent you an order for shirts for me. Oh yeah, definitely. Where <laughs> where were that? Where's your trip again? Well, the uh, we're co coming up. We're going to Alaska, but then at the end of September, uh, we're going to trip to that to Baja to the East Cape uh, Los Bariles. And oh wow! That, so you, that is where you do it. And then I have a condo in Cabo San Lucas. So, uh, wow, those are the best of both worlds. I you know doing the fishing shows where I met you, the Fred Hall um, is there's uh, a ton of uh, it's a ton of lodges. For from Alaska and and down in uh, Baja, and they have incredible fish stories to tell. Uh, it's, it's somewhat uh, a cottage industry, so it's a lot of individuals with these lodges, but they seem to be super passionate about it. And, you know, all over Alaska, there's great fishing as well as, as Baja, California. Mm -hmm. And, of course, cotton works out well in both, doesn't it? I think so, and we have fleece for for um, for Alaska and cotton definitely in in Mexico because a lot of the areas are humid and you want something that breathes or lightweight and like at, at all these places there's uh, you have to wear something afterwards and we have the the perfect shirts uh, mm -hmm. for that area which is big game uh, like style Hawaiian shirts and tropicals which are great for the resorts that people stay on. Well, my closet is pretty full. A lot of shirts. And I'd say more than half of them have fish on them. Oh, but, that's cool. <laughs> but, uh, and you, well, I guess your primary thing is, is Hawaiian style shirts. Right. And, you know, you you said uh, earlier where the origin of the name comes from. Well, we are from Dana Point. We started there in 1988. And there's a huge clipper ship there that's a replica of the ship that uh, Richard Henry Dana sailed into the Dana Point on. And um, we uh, there's fishing and there's boating there and also surfing. So we were kind of a saltwater style um, design. I thought high seas fit in really good because of fishing and the boating mm -hmm. heritage on that and we have a lot of themes in that in that uh, the the fishing and the nautical designs well, as well as tropicals while we're on the subject high seas trading company uh, what's your website oh it's high seas trading.com oh that's easy and we also have High Seas Trading Co. because some people yeah, um, type that in. So we have both. Yeah. And we have over 100 designs on there. And everything, one of the shirts, is USA made. So we make them locally here in California. Wow. 
Not too many of those, is there? So you don't you don't really care about that trade stuff with China. But, well, uh, I, I'm not worried about that. Uh, we worry about quality, and yeah. when we have a factory close, we can keep our eye on everything. And the printing and and construction is very important. Well, we want to make sure. I think last time we talked is that you know most. American companies, uh, because there's so much hand labor involved in making a quality shirt, you know, putting it together and matching the patterns and the sewing, that it's very expensive to do in the States. So, you know, most of it is done overseas. And right, but they don't, have, they don't have to worry about keeping an eye on stuff because of the quality. Uh, some uh, manufacturers um, do make good quality, and uh, of the, the, the prints are the most important because they can definitely sew. Um, but we spend a lot of time on the design, mm-hmm. too, as well. And uh, we're very confident about our product against even the, the super high-end $100, $150 brands um, because we do go direct to public, and there's not that markup that they have in the yeah. stores, nor do we advertise an expensive magazine. So it's, yeah. it's more of a grassroots kind of effort. Right, right. Well, it's, uh, you know, it's got to be expensive to make those things. But, uh, you know, what I was kind of leading into is basically it's almost like a made-to-order. You know, you don't get a container full of ships that comes in every couple months. No, we do very limited uh, production runs. It's funny because we'll do uh, 24 pieces of a design or, you know, 100 pieces of a design, whereas if you get ones at some of the big stores, they're doing 5,000 of a design, which sometimes you end up at the party or the resort with the same shirt, while ours are very limited runs. And we also do a lot of resorts. In fact, we do a couple down in Mexico. I did um, an Alaska print that we sold to about five of the lodges up there, so... We are specialty in that sense, and um, you know we we aren't uh, trying to be big. We're just trying to be small and great. You know? Well, it's uh, you, what you alluded to. It sounds like if someone wants to do a special order, say if you've got a resort, and I've got a trip coming up in July. I, I want to get uh, I, I got twelve, fourteen people, and I want to give them, each one of them a shirt. Um, I don't know if I can. You know, we can maybe we can work something out. I don't know, but uh, you know, something that's so you can customize what people want. Is I guess is the point. right. Well, it depends on the the size of the order. But we we're right now doing four um, original prints for different companies, and we've uh, done it quite a bit in the past. Our, we're pretty uh, well known for our California prints. We have a California mission, San Diego, and then Orange County, and then overall California. Two of those prints and. People like them because um, just like when you're on vacation or whatnot, if you're a local, it's something that people can easily relate to because they know the spots. And we spent a great deal of time and care of making it accurate and authentic. And that's how we, um, you know, that's how we uh, do our business by making prints that are very, very well thought out and and bold colors. If someone is interested in doing some kind of a special run, uh, do you do embroidery or, you know? Right. Well, we just did a, um, um, two of them that were embroidered. Actually, three jobs that were embroidered. Believe it or not, there's a sushi restaurant that has our sushi Hawaiian shirt. <laughs> 
and uh, fishermen love sushi, so that's why I talk about that. But they're, um, they they do an embroidered sushi Hawaiian shirt, and that's online. Uh, just type sushi in. But we did um, two different corporate events where they can keep, take what we have in stock, and then we'll embroider their name on right. there. And it looks really nice for the mm-hmm. smaller orders. And we'll do that just about any quantities over 24 pieces. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, no, that's – now, let's talk a little bit about – you. Uh, just, we're just going to touch on outerwear. I know that your primary thing is the, is the, the cotton. And, you know, when, you, when you're looking for a shirt, a couple of tips that I've found. First of all, um, you know, you wear button-down, comfortable. I like cotton, and sometimes a, a, a blend works fine. But, you know, if I put rayon on, I, I can't wear it. It clings and it sticks and it's, I can't wear it. But uh, um, the, the, the shirt, you can tell a quality shirt, first of all, when the patterns, if you've got, it goes right through a big marlin or something, well, it matches up. It's not like, uh, you know, it's like you don't even see the seam. And the pockets, you know, the fish, the, the pattern just follows right through the, and that's got to be a lot of work. Well, it, so go ahead. And then also the, you know, the, whatever you call it, the thing in the front, you know, whether if that's done a stitch down or if it's curly and sticks out, um, there's just, you know, there's, there's, there's things that you don't get in a 20 or $30 shirt. Well, definitely not only that, but the fabric too, as well. I always say ours are, are uh, you know, less expensive in the long run because you're not replacing them five times. But as far as the pocket goes, not only does it work, but it's also extra fabric. If anybody's interested on how it's done, uh, they call it engineering the pocket or matched pocket. But the prints out of the fabric rolls uh, generally repeat uh, at 24 inches. So what we do on the cutting table is measure an exact act uh 24 inches and cut above that um and uh, we we have um, optimized our pattern to do that without wasting too much extra fabric. But they do measure them out perfectly, and then you have to have extremely skilled hands to get it right. Mm-hmm. If you look at our pockets, you can even see the small writing is mashed up. So that's a that's a good thing. Yeah. Um, just in addition to what you said. Um, Thread matters as well. And the other thing that good Hawaiian shirts do, and a lot of the high brands, if you look at the buttons instead of plastic, we use coconut. Some of them use (laughs) abalone shells. Some of them wood. Um, yeah. or, um, okay. Well, Terrell, we're just about running out of it, but I just want to repeat, High Seas Trading. And you can put highseastrading.com or highseastradingco.com. And uh, find out what they've got. And it, it, when you invest in something, um, you know, it, it, what you paid for it two years later is no longer important. It's what you've got. And you know, when you use that kind of cotton, you can you can roll it up, throw it on the floor, and then uh, pick it up, shake it, and it looks brand new. Well, definitely. We're proud of the quality, and uh, hopefully, you know, we're glad uh, okay. that you had us on. Thank you so much. Thanks, Gerald. Okay, you're listening to FishHuntTalkRadio.com. Uh, tune in.
If your feet are happy, you are happy. Soft Science Supreme Comfort Outdoor Footwear will give you happy feet. Durable, lightweight, and supportive. Soft Science Footwear is designed for boating, fishing, or everyday comfort and performance. With history of highest quality, you will be proud to own this revolutionary footwear. SoftScience.com has many types and styles you need to check out. Invest in quality footwear and you will be happy for many years. Find out why at SoftScience.com. It's time for you to take a real fun adventure. Join a hosted fishing adventure to Alaska or Baja with the staff of Fish Talk Radio. Real Fun Adventures can book you on any adventure you desire. Bring your fishing friends or meet new ones. Fish Talk Radio gets the best deals from our sponsors to give you the best possible price. Real Fun Trips are inclusive, easy, no-worry packages to the most popular fish grounds. Trips start around $600. Go to reelfunadventures.com. Mystery Tackle Box is the most fun and affordable way to discover new lures every month. Select your target species and select your subscription length. Get your box delivered. Catch more fish. It's that easy. Offering fresh and salt water, we've partnered with Fish Talk to get you a great deal. Use the promo code FISHTALK for $10 off your first subscription. Mystery Tackle Box is the original monthly lure subscription service. In fact, we've been told that it feels like Christmas once a month, and you can get started for as little as 15 bucks a month. Go to mysterytacklebox.com today. That's mysterytacklebox.com, and start getting your packages every month. This is John, and I believe in Mystery Tackle Box. Go to mysterytacklebox.com, mention Fish Talk, get a special deal, and get the packages coming every month. You will be looking forward to it. If you think that'll help, you're in for a surprise, cause money. Can't buy school, you know the guys and me. We can catch them at will against Shad Rap. You ain't no match. Fish are just something that you can't catch. For crying out loud, guy. You can't catch fish. You can't catch fish. You can't catch fish. You can't catch fish. Built a tug on the line and I didn't pay attention. Spinning I was staring at a 10-pound shiny bass When I tried to pull the fish inside I pulled a muscle in my upper thigh I was so scared I threw my rod up in the air Welcome back to Fish Talk Hunt Radio with John Hennigan. This is John Hennigan. Oh, man. Did we? No, we didn't. We lost somebody. Um, anyway, maybe not. Uh, Frank, are you still there? Frank, are you still there? Yeah, I'm here. Okay, well, we got you. And then yeah. we're also trying to get Miles. Miles, are you on there? No, we got to call him back. All right, we're going to call him right back. Now, Miles um, has a company, Frank. Well, I don't know if it's his company, but it's the Mule Deer Foundation. Oh, and, yes. And we've had him on a couple of months ago. Fascinating guy. We love what he does. And, you know, their purpose in life is to preserve and expand uh, mule deer in the United States. Now, that doesn't mean you can't go out and, you know, and uh, take one home for dinner sometime. Yeah. But, uh, but uh, you know, what, yeah. what, 
Go ahead. The mule deer are starting to be bred with the white tail, black tail. They're starting to have some crossbreeding. Oh, is that that's on purpose or just? Uh... No. Oh, okay. Natural. Yeah. Okay. You get two species, they will breed. Okay. Do we do we have uh, miles? Are you there, miles? Yep, here. Okay, Miles, uh, we have Frank on, and he was just talking about, we are talking about mule deer, and he said that in the wild there's starting to be a lot of crossbreeding with the mule deer and the, and the whitetail and some other species. So. Um, that, that happens. It's not as common as people think. Um, we have a lot of areas where mule deer and whitetail interact, and there's no um, hybrids at all. But then there are a few pockets where that seems to be much more common. Mm -hmm. But the one thing after uh, a a mule deer and a whitetail breed, the offspring usually don't survive very well. Oh, okay. So they don't rebreed. Well, they they could, but it's an interesting thing. They don't know whether to run like a whitetail or stop like a mule deer. <laughs> and it, that really makes them susceptible to predators. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, let's take a step back. Uh, Miles Moretti, and tell us uh, about your operation and what you do. I'm, I'm president and CEO of the Mule Deer Foundation. Um, we're a 30-year-old this year uh, organize, wildlife conservation organization, nonprofit, and we focus on mule deer and black-tailed deer and their habitat. Okay. And you're located? Salt Lake City, Utah is our national headquarters, and then we have local chapters uh, throughout the United States. And what is the purpose of the Mule Deer Foundation? We're, we're more a habitat org organization. We work close with the state and federal agencies to to improve and restore mule deer habitat, blacktail habitat, wherever they are. And uh, we also have a youth program. We're, we're heavy into youth recruitment, hunter retention, you know, those kind of things. But uh, our goal is to try to get healthy mule deer and blacktail populations available for for opportunities for hunting and and uh, so that's well, kind of our just main a, focus. a quick question as may seem obvious but why mule deer why not you know whitetail or something else well um one of the things our founder, uh, Emmett Burroughs, uh, in the late 70s, was traveling the West. He used to do a lot of filming and hunting and stuff, and he could see that there was a decline in, in mule deer numbers where he used to hunt and film. And so he, he felt like he wanted to give something back, and, and he felt like the best way he could do that was to form a, a, an organization like the Mule Deer Foundation. He, he was familiar with the Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation that had been formed a few years before and National Wild Turkey Federation and Ducks Unlimited. And, and he patterned us kind of after those groups. And we kind of uh, do what they do, only we do it for mule deer. Okay. And what is a, you know, a mule deer? I'm not that from, well, I know what it is, but um, as far as the difference between, like I said, a whitetail or, or, or a mule deer or a blacktail or, you know, the different types of deer that we have running around. Well, mule deer um, are mostly in the west. Um, blacktail deer are mostly along the coastal areas of Washington and Oregon and California. And then in 
in Alaska, you have a kind of a stunted version of the blacktail, which is the Sitka blacktail, mm-hmm. and it's and it's just they've evolved to kind of being isolated. And then the whitetail were traditionally in the east, but they have slowly over time moved westward, and the two have kind of merged in the Midwest. And but now whitetail are even into Idaho, Wyoming, and mm-hmm. Colorado, and so they're they're quite different. Um, whitetails tend to hang out in the river bottoms a little bit more in the flatlands, agricultural areas. Mule deer migrate. Most whitetails don't. Mule deer summer in the mountains and and winter in the in the valleys. But you know some some mule deer stay resident year round. But their and their diets are somewhat different. Mm-hmm. Well. Um just a, a a question you know you you want to increase the habitat to increase the population and keep them in a healthy stock well when you're um you know, like some of the you know the outfits that uh, that go fishing, you know they primarily just catch and release and when you're when you're hunting, you know it's kind of hard to kill and release. <laughs> Yeah. Well, that that's true. Uh, with the big game, it's it's a little bit different. But uh, one of the things that some states do is they do limited entry hunting mm-hmm. um, to limit the number of animals that can be taken. Um, also, sometimes the age of an animal, um, you know, they use either antler restrictions, point restrictions to say you can only shoot one a certain size. And, and then sometimes they do... Uh, you know, they have to have some, some doe harvest to reduce populations when they're kind of eating themselves out of house and home. They will mm-hmm. they will reduce the female numbers. But uh, it's mostly buck hunting. Well, there's across a lot of the areas, buck mm-hmm. only. And, um, you know, and that doesn't tend to impact the population. You're basically taking a surplus animal because, you know, a, a buck deer can breed, you know, quite a few does in a season. So it's not just a, you know, one-on-one. One, but yeah, but it's uh, multiple breeding, and so right. You know, so it's kind of like chickens. All you need is one or two roosters in the hen house. Right. You don't need twenty. You know, mm-hmm. and and so those those are surplus, and those are the animals that you you know try to try to remove. And sometimes they'll also do management strategies where you you get maybe some deer that are not you know I don't want to say genetically you know better but but you get some of these weird looking antlers and grows and stuff yeah. so sometimes they'll have they call those management hunts yeah and and they do that both in white town yeah they want to, anything that's not going to have good genes they want to take yeah. it out yeah okay and um, let's you know the hunting aspect of it give us an idea um, if you're lucky enough to go out and uh, take a mule deer, uh, just give us a quick rundown on what you do after it hits the ground. Well, that's you know that's the one big thing that that no matter what one animal you're hunting is the care afterwards and 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 you know removing the entrails as quickly as possible and getting that animal cooled down, especially if you're hunting during the archery season early in the year when it's hot, is getting that hide off and getting it cooled down, getting it in a cool place, in a cooler if you can. A lot of people like to get them broke down completely and quarter them and and get them into a nice chest and and cool limb down because mm-hmm. that's really important. But one of the things that a lot of people don't know is that if you get hang a, a carcass of, of a deer in a cool, dry place, like in a garage or something, and it's later in the year, you can actually hang this for, for quite a while and let that age. Mm-hmm. And it actually helps make that meat much 
tender when right. you mm-hmm. when you do cut it up and butcher it. And then yeah. whether you take it to a butcher or do it yourself, you know, you you can you know get it cut up. And and I really I recommend over the years more and more that people completely debone the animal. That's just a better oh. tasting animal. Is you know and most of your meat processors will do that yeah. um, and not leave that bone in. So that's that's really a good key to, mm-hmm. to having good tasting uh, game meat. Right. Yeah. And then uh, do you have a particular recipe for us? I know there's different cuts. Uh, generally, you know, as I like to cook and barbecue, and to me there's two ways. Um, it's either hot and fast or low and slow. Yeah, and, and it's the same way. And I think the, the big thing is 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 um, when you thaw out that meat, is is you thaw it out in a pan in the refrigerator and let it thaw out slowly and let it kind of sit there. And sometimes if you have time to even maybe thaw it out the day before you're going to use it. Yeah. And then and then marinate it in in your favorite whatever spices you like and you know I've got a, a juniper rub by a friend of mine that that, that uh, John McGannon uh, has wild eats. Oh yeah, he, yeah, yeah. We've yeah, got him on. Yeah, you know John. He yeah. his his juniper rub. Oh my gosh, that's to die for. Wow. And you know I really really like that. And then whether you you know cook it slow in the oven or in a crock pot or whether you take it out on the barbecue, it's just you know whatever up to well, you. Well, yeah. Well, it's the different cuts. You know, the more tender yeah. cuts, you can kind of yeah. steak them up or yeah. make a roast. But uh, yeah. some of the cuts, you're probably better off stewing. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And cooked in a crock pot all for quite a few hours, you know, that's that's really, really good. I I actually, um, even though it's kind of whitetail, I was hunting, turkey hunting in Florida, and, and they cooked up a turkey that we had shot that day, but they also brought some whitetail, and they chunked it up and deep fried it. And I'd never oh. had deep fried breaded uh, deer before, and I may try that with some mule deer. Yeah. It was pretty good. Yeah, <laughs> so. excellent. Yeah, it's an yeah. appetizer. Yeah. Uh, well, Frank is hanging in there. We appreciate you hanging in there that long, Frank. We're getting close. We're getting close, and you can go back and I'm take trying. a nap. <laughs> God, you sound worse. <laughs> anyway, um, uh, <laughs> Miles, we're going to take a quick break, but we're going to try and hold you over for a couple minutes before we end the show. Because okay. there's just uh, so much more information. And, you know, maybe you can give us some tips on, you know, how to capture some of these animals and what people can do to, in, you know, to help you increase the habitat. Okay. You, you are listening to Fish Hunt Talk Radio. And it's, uh, he's a president of the Mule Deer Foundation. So you can either Google it or the website is www.muledeer.org muledeer.org okay Frank Miles <laughs> thanks Miles we'll be right back you're listening to Fish Hunt Talk Radio go to fishtalkradio.com and listen to us on the front page If your feet are happy, you are happy. Soft Science Supreme Comfort Outdoor Footwear will give you happy feet. Durable, lightweight, and supportive. Soft Science Footwear is designed for boating, fishing, or everyday comfort and performance. With history of highest quality, you will be proud to own this revolutionary footwear. SoftScience.com has many types and styles you need to check out. Invest in quality footwear, and you will be happy for many years. Find out why at SoftScience.com. Used by fishermen who know where to get the best fishing gear around, AFTCO makes the highest quality fishing rod components worldwide. If it says AFTCO, you know you have a quality rod. 
Guy Harvey Clothing, the best outdoor clothing line anywhere, is also available through Aftco. Longest lasting, functional, and best looking clothing you'll be proud to wear. Only the very best materials and workmanship. As soon as you put it on, you'll know the difference. Look for Aftco at quality retailers or go to AFTCO.com. Great news. You can now watch Grizz's shows wherever you are, whenever you want, on all your mobile devices. Download the Grizz Channel app today. Enjoy an adventure during that boring wait at the doctor's office. Or while you're sitting at the airport waiting for your next flight. Just go to your phone, tablet, or even Kindle app store or iTunes and download it today. And when you get home, you can watch The Grizz on your big screen on Roku. Catch The Grizz next adventure today. Fish Talk Hunt Radio with John Hennigan. What's up, Matt? Welcome back to Fish Hunt Talk Radio. This is John Hennigan. Talking about hunting, we have Miles Moretti, who is the president of the Mule Deer Foundation, which is muledeer.org, uh, right, Miles? Yes, yes. And we've been talking now. What my understanding is, is basically... Um, the Mule Deer Foundation wants to increase the habitat and the population of uh, mule deer, uh, right. mostly in the West. And they do that, you know, by you know, different ways. But again, um, you know, when you think about hunting, probably the first thing you think of is deer. I mean that's that's been an American tradition for, you know, where the you know the ten thirteen year old kid goes out and gets his first buck. It's a big deal. But uh, the but you could use some help. So we'll give a, a quick uh, uh, support message for Mule Deer Foundation. You can become a member for what'd you say thirty five bucks a year. 
Yes, and that gets you six issues of our magazine and and sticker and a few other things, and, oh. and then helps you. You know, we try to get discounts on certain products to our sponsors, but again, they can find that on our website. If they want to be a life member. That's that's a thousand dollars, and and that gets don't have to renew every year. Well, but then I'll, there have are, to, I'll have to figure the odds on that. But I I think at my age, I'm probably better off paying by the year. <laughs> you probably are, but we also have some other levels of sponsorship. But yeah. and and check our website out for a local banquet. There may be one near you, wherever you are. Yeah. Uh, and primarily, so do you have meetings and clubs, or do you, do you do hunts, or what, what uh, is it you do no, if you're a member? We have uh, local chapters that fundraise in the local area, and that fun, and a lot of the money that they raise stays right there in that community to help with projects in their backyard. We actually have some, some chapters that are not in mule deer um, country, like in the Midwest and where there's no mule deer, Houston, right. Texas, and they'll, they'll send their money out to us to put into projects out here because a lot of those individuals come hunting out this way. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, so that's 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 one of the really great ways. And then our our members and our chapters they volunteer on projects. They'll they'll install guzzlers, which are kind of water sources for for wildlife, and you know tear down old fences, build new fences, cut mm-hmm. juniper trees. So we have a lot of opportunities. We have youth programs that they can volunteer and help teach kids how to hunt and learn about conservation and, and learn about mm-hmm. mule deer. Miles, a, a, a quick uh, comment or conversation. Um, the United States is very unique because we have these large expanses of federal and state lands that people can hunt on. Yes. And, you know, most of the world, that's it's not that true. Right. And, you know, the, a tradition, you know, it's like going back to the indigenous Indians. I mean, that's, that's how they lived. They'd hunt buffalo or hunt game with a bow and arrow. And and, uh, you know, it's 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 part of the American tradition, you know, as is fishing to a large degree, too. I think it's probably, you know, even more important than baseball and, and, and all the other ones, you know. But the idea of taking your son or daughter um, on a trip and you get out into the wilds and if you get lucky and happen to bring one home, that's great. But, you know, what what has done what have we done as a as a country that's good and bad, but we've only got 30 seconds? Well, big thing is, is there's still public access. You can get out into a lot of the public land in the West and hunt, and there's a lot of great opportunities that way. And so, uh, and then we're also working with private landowners to, to uh, work through the state programs to get access for uh, the public onto those private lands. And those access programs have become really popular with okay. with landowners and hunters. Well, I would suggest you get in touch with Miles and go to MuleDeerFoundation.org and find out about it, see what you can do, and they might even help you in uh, enjoying going out and seeing them and maybe taking home some game. Um, We really appreciate Miles, and we'll get you back on again soon. We need more time. You're listening to Fish Hunt Talk Radio. Go to fishhunttalkradio.com. Right on the front page, you can just go previous shows and listen to whatever you want as many times as you want. 